0: Suddenly, time seems to slow down. The arrows rain down like slow pebbles, skipping across a lake rather than the hail of death. They'd been seconds before. Lightning crawls across the sky, achingly slow, reaching for that next empty space. These demonlings rush about, and all the while your eyes remain fixed on Eloine. You see her grip at her stomach, feeling around the blade that runs right through her abdomen. The demon facing her lifts his impaled sword so that Eloine is at his eye level. The demon laughs and then callously pulls her off his sword with one massive hand. He smiles a pointed grin at you and then tosses her behind him into the swarm of demonlings. Dungeons & Dragons is a very fun game with very dynamic emotions and experiences. We all come to the table eager to experience things that we've never experienced. Sometimes, we do experience things that we've been through before, and when that happens, there's a 50-50 chance that the experience is nostalgic or traumatizing. Welcome back to How to Be a Better DM, the official podcast of Monsters.org. Rent. I'm your host today Justin Lewis and I want to talk to you about a pretty hard subject: death. Today's episode is probably going to be a little bit triggering for some people, so if you know that talking about death would put you in a bad place, today might be best to skip this episode. We have other episodes you can listen to. you can go back and listen to our other ones, but today I'm talking about Dungeons and Dragons and death. In the real world, people generally avoid the topic of death. For most people, it causes a lot of discomfort. In the world of D&D, our characters provide death for many an NPC. Yet when faced with their own demise, players beg and plead with the DM to not make it so. That can be pretty hard as the DM. Should you cave in to your players' desires and let them live on? Or should you let them play out? If they die, they die. Still, other DMs decide to play the part of the villain and rain down death, as those demons I was talking about did. It's all a really complicated discussion, so without further ado, let's get into it. First let's talk about the basic rules of death. In the Player's Handbook, the rules of death state that when a player character falls to zero hit points, they fall unconscious and begin death-saving throws. For those of you who aren't familiar with death saves, here's a quick refresher. The unconscious character maintains their spot in initiative or an initiative is created whenever someone falls unconscious and needs to make death saving throw. Uh, This is because it is a uh, it's an instance where time matters, right? The order of operations matters. And whenever this unconscious characters turn comes around, they roll a d20. If their result is an 11 or higher, then that is considered a success. Three successes stabilize their character, and they remain unconscious but are no longer dying. If their result is a 10 or less, then that is considered a failure. Three failures and their character dies. I I know some DMs that decide that 10 or higher is a success and lower than 10 is a failure, but that's up to the DM. If the result of the the d20 roll is a natural 20, that's a critical success. And the character immediately stabilizes, gains one hit point and is conscious and can proceed with their turn. Although there are many differing rules surrounding that particular part and people uh, people play it a bunch of different ways. And if the result is instead a natural one, then that just counts as two failures. So if you roll a natural one, two failures and then the next turn you roll a seven then your character dies and obviously there's a lot of room here for additional homebrew rules that can make death saves even more fun for example one of my favorite homebrew rules that i I heard on instagram is that the death saves have to be rolled privately between the player and the dm and that player cannot make the results known to the other players uh they cannot speak in fact because guess what they're dying I heard this rule from an interview on Dimension 20 with a guest, and I think it's excellent. Uh, Oftentimes you'll find when people do death saves, you know, the entire table is very well aware, so, you know, they, they think, oh, well, you know, that person has two successes, I don't need to heal them, right? But if they don't know that, it makes everything much more intense and the stakes much higher. But... Regardless of what you decide to do, there's an even more important question that you need to answer first, and that is, is death allowed at your table? Before your players even come close to dying, you need to decide whether or not character death will be allowed. And you might scoff as you listen to this, thinking, well, of course my characters can die. There are no true stakes if they can't. Maybe, maybe not. Death is a very powerful plot point. The Fellowship of the Ring would not have had half as much emotion if we all didn't think that Gandalf had died halfway through. Anakin Skywalker might have had a harder time transitioning into Darth Vader had Padme survived. Death is a very powerful tool for the storyteller and, with great power, comes great responsibility. One of the biggest responsibilities you have as a Dungeon Master is making sure that your players are generally very happy, right? This is why you need to be aware of triggering events. Because D&D can sometimes be a mirror in which we can see reflections of our new, of our normal lives, we sometimes have to be careful about what we put into that mirror. Yes, that's a bad analogy, but here's an example. If a loved one of one of your players has passed away recently, then having someone die in their D&D session might not be the right thing for them. Before you make any sort of decision, ask your players what sort of things they want to have in their D&D game. You know, they get to choose just as much as you do what happens. You can ask them about all sorts of topics and themes to include in the D&D campaign, but definitely make sure death is one of those questions. Ask them, is it okay if your player character dies? Like what is the risk of that? Okay right? Because some people, they just don't want to deal with it. So assuming your players have opted to avoid the inevitability of death, you now have to do some fancy footwork to make the story believable and worthwhile. On one hand, having a table that can't die is fun because the players know that they have some pretty powerful plot armor, but that can quickly make the game a little boring. It's not a big deal to fight a lich if you know that your player won't die. So, to make the stakes still high, even though the mortality rate is low, here are a few things that you can do. Number one, collateral damage. Assuming your player characters are developed and have been able to form important relationships with other NPCs, those NPCs can become the targets of your villain's malicious attempts. This is also known as the Lois Lane tactic. Superman is impervious, so Lois Lane, his lady love, Often comes under the gun of Lex Luthor. Likewise, with your heroes, they can save the NPC in distress who really is just an innocent bystander. Dot, dot, dot. Or are they? Number two, unintended consequences. Another method you can try is to add tangential consequences anytime a hero quote unquote dies. For example, let's say a particular deity has decided to favor the party. This deity essentially prevents any party member from fully dying. The death saves are still rolled, but if the character would die, the patron god steps in and prevents them from dying miraculously. The god, however, gives his boon with some strings attached. Now the party has to do some sort of quest for the god in return for being preserved. Another consequence could be madness. The more often a character should be dead but isn't, the more insane the character becomes you can really spice this up with some fun voices that only they can hear and other things. Really, your options for random consequences are endless. And in my opinion, making it so your players can't die is is a pretty interesting twist to surprise them with if one of their characters is meant to die but then doesn't. Number 3. Loss of Limb or Ability you could require that every time a player would normally have died, they simply roll on a permanent injury table, losing a hand, leg, eye, or just suffering some minor wound. This particular method really only works for a short period of time because if it really was long term, then after they lose a limb, combat would become harder, making the chances that they fall unconscious and do death saves again go up, which in turn would make them lose another faculty and thus create a, vic- a vicious cycle. So. With with this particular one, you will need to make sure there are ways to prevent furthering loss of limb or ability. Of course, there is nothing written down that you have to even do any of these methods. You could simply just decide that none of your player characters die. I think for very young groups, like maybe below 10, uh, this would be an okay situation. But if you do decide that none of your PCs die, then you might also need to consider whether enemies die as well? Like will your game just be one of all non-lethal damage? Or will your player characters be able to kill NPCs without dying in return? I think for most tables, this just isn't a situation that would please people, but it can be done. As a listener of this show, you obviously love story. Now that you've had a chance to craft your own story by listening to this show, wouldn't it be nice to get some inspiration? Or maybe you just want a moment of immersion and escape and entertainment. Whatever it is, come join us on our new show, Pact and Boom. It's an actual play D&D podcast in the world of Kalygnos, where our characters Jolly, Wolfgang, and Alan will find and meet each other in hell. And from there, start a troublemaking journey with some near-death experiences that will hopefully lead them to a happy ending. Find it wherever great podcasts are heard or just go to com slash PACT and boom. That's P-A-C-T-N-B-O-O-N. Start listening today. So now that we've talked about preventing player character death from happening at your table, we need to be talking about, we need to talk about letting it happen after your table has decided that they do want to let nature be nature and those things that die will simply pass on to the next existence you need to answer a few questions one you do need to answer what type of experience will it be you don't really need to consult your players but if you want some of their input that's fine you need to decide what sort of game experience a character death will be You see, in video games, when you die, you usually just pause for a second looking at your dead body and then a screen pops up allowing you to choose to revert to the last save or the start of the level or some other predetermined point. D&D usually isn't like that, though I suppose you could make an interesting game mechanic that revert certain things to a certain point if a character dies. And honestly, I think that would be pretty fun, you know, making it a lot more video game-like and having saves where if, if they die, then they have to revert. But in that case, you'd probably have to make dying a much bigger possibility anyways. Uh, usually though, <clears throat> the character dies, and then in the next session, the player introduces their new character in a fun and interesting way. In some D&D groups, the player might just create a carbon copy of their previous character and call them just a different name, you know, going from a Benry to a Lenry, right? Viva the Dirt League has a whole comedic sketch on this in their D&D logic videos and honestly it's pretty funny. Uh, But really it's up to the DM whether whether that sort of shenanigan will be allowed. And for some players it's really just more about loving a specific class race combo and playstyle that they just want to keep playing, right? and that's okay. For the most part though, players will create a new character when they die, without any problems. You, as the DM though, need to understand the mood of the table and the playstyle of the group to correctly portray an individual death scene. For example, if your table is generally a table that laughs much more than they are serious, then making a death scene funny might not be a bad thing. Even on a particular day, if the party seems to want to just goof off, then go ahead and goof off with them. But, if your party is of the more serious type, then you absolutely need to treat the character death with all the gravity that you can muster. We play these characters week in and week out. We know that they are not real, and that they are just make-believe, but surprisingly, when we play them, they start to feel real. We find ourselves doing things that, quote unquote, the character would do, that we would never do. So, when a character dies, you need to be careful not to make light of the situation, in case one of your players is not yet ready to let go of them. How is that for uh, being grave? Uh, honestly, though, because it, it is a touch. Honestly, though, because it is a touchy subject, I would err on the side of being too serious rather than making light of a situation that could be difficult for one of your players. They could resent you, even subconsciously, and decide that they don't wanna play with you anymore, which is a loss in my book. And simply because death, talking about death can trigger anyone, I would say be careful and tread lightly. The next question is, will I, the DM, actively cause death? Another consideration that you will need to make as the dungeon masters, whether or not to actively seek the destruction of your players. Obviously, whenever combat comes up, every DM does, quote, their best, quote, to kill the players. But this question is really a deeper decision. There are times when one player goes down and the DM needs to think about whether the enemy would continue attacking the downed player to finish the job, or if they would divert their attention to other targets. In some instances, the downed player would become a bigger target because they are downed. When a DM acts like this, players will naturally be angry. And as a DM, you will need to understand the decision you make and be able to defend it. In my opinion, only do this if you know your players would still play with you after. You don't wanna have to find another D&D group just because you thought a particular enemy would not hesitate to go for the kill. Now that we've killed your player character, you also need to decide whether or not that character can return to the game. In many games, the group can pursue resurrection of the downed individual, and you need to decide if that's going to be an option at all, and if it is, how easy or difficult it is to make it happen, and how one might go about resurrecting a fallen friend. For some campaigns, the only thing that is needed is the spell resurrection, and obviously the 1000 gold diamond that the spell requires. Once your players have access to the, to the spell, you can decide that this is all that's needed to revive a character that's died. Or you can make things a lot more difficult. For example, if you desire, you can choose to ban the resurrection spell from any player character's spell list. You may decide that NPCs can still cast the spell, so now the PCs would need to find an NPC that likes them enough to resurrect one of them. Or perhaps you decide that only high ranking clerical NPCs can cast resurrect. This would make the quest of finding someone who can perform the spell and is also willing to do so for the party much more difficult. Still other DMs might choose to make resurrection the object of larger quests. You might decide to have your party seek after the fountain of youth, or seek divine favor with a hard to please deity. or. You can have your party try to find a magic item that restores life, much like the latest d and movie. However you do it, if you do decide to make bringing a character back to life more difficult or engaged, I would encourage you to make a story arc or a quest out of it. In d and resurrection should be a very theora- theatrical and earned event, meaning that if you just give it to your players, they won't really appreciate it as much. Make it an adventure. That way, when the player character does come back, there will be many opportunities for role-playing, both on their side and on the side of the other players. Now, assuming that one of your player characters have died, and that they aren't going to be resurrected anytime soon, you obviously need to help that player who lost their character make a new one. Here again, you need to make some decisions. Are they the same level as the other players? How will they enter the game? How do you help them reestablish establish relationships with the other players? Let's talk about all of these and more. For the most part, character creation after death is just like making any other character. Have the player try and think of something original. They may want to do the same class and maybe even the same race, but encourage them to give their new character some different personality traits. You don't want a carbon copy of the old character because that just makes things weird. If your party has been adventuring for some time, then they've probably accumulated some magic items. You'll need to decide whether or not this new character will meet the party while already possessing some magical items of their own or not. Lastly, you'll need to help your player come up with proper motivations for their character that will lead that character to intersect with the rest of the party and hopefully stay with them. As I've said before, one of the hardest parts of D&D is getting player characters to meet and then decide to travel together amicably and hopefully become friends. I've also said that an easy way to mitigate this is to give the new character a connection or a tie to an existing character. Maybe they're cousins with someone in the group or they grew up in the same town. That connection doesn't need to be big unless you want it to be. And in fact, I would actually opt for a smaller connection that still allows the characters to have their own adventures and storylines while making a sort of introduction to the rest of the party. If nothing else, you can always opt for a simple galvanizing event. Soon after the new character joins the party, have them all face some sort of danger together where their goals become the same by default, usually survival, right? Facing down a large and dangerous monster qualifies perfectly. This should theoretically help the party become a team, if only to destroy a present threat. However you do it, make sure that everyone feels included, and an experience like this should align a lot of their motives and incentives so that they do choose to spend some time together, right? And after that, you simply need to keep things rolling until friendship forms between the characters. If you aren't interested in death in your game, or even if you are interested, there are a few other outcomes that you can introduce to your game that will be similar to death in their scope and effect, but won't necessarily be actual death. They'll be just as permanent, but no one has to die. For example, in my campaign I'm running, my players faced a creature that could petrify them. I chose to make the process of becoming unpetrified a much more involved process rather than just allowing them to find someone who could cast greater restoration. Instead, they needed to travel somewhere, beat something and acquire a magic item that would then fuel the spell to unpetrify their characters. In similar ways, you could have an enemy who casts sleep on players that forces them into a deep sleep, or you could use banishment in a similar way. These are fun ways to have a death-like experience with a character while still allowing the player to reclaim the character in a way that is earned and fun for everyone at the table and makes more sense than full resurrection. When considering using methods like these, though, make sure your players are open to it, and that it's either randomly directed, or if it is targeted to a specific character, then there is a narrative reasoning behind it that enhances the story. Well, we've certainly talked a lot about death, but you know as they say, memento mori. As you go back to your D&D campaigns, or start new ones, consider the consequences of death and what it would mean to your players. Make sure everyone is on board and having fun and remember to do everything for the purpose of a better story. Hopefully these tips have helped you. Thanks for joining me here on How to Be a Better DM, the official podcast of Monsters.Rent. Let's meet back here next week for another amazing episode, but until then, let's go ahead and roll initiative. Do you love these podcast episodes but aren't always able to listen to them? Do you learn better reading information rather than listening to it? Here's what you can do. Go to sessionzerostudios.com/newsletter. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll get tips and tricks sent directly to your inbox in written format that you can read and reference whenever you want. You'll get tips that we don't share on the podcast and bonus techniques that, frankly, no one has ever heard before. Again, sessionzerostudios.com/newsletter and uh, get those free tips and techniques right to your inbox every week.